What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overstated MBA Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, kind of my an update on season tickets, going to games and whatnot. We're going to talk a little NBA All-Star. Then we're going to kind of dive back into what it takes to be a number one player on an NBA championship team. Um, just bear with us a little bit as this is our first video that we're also doing that's going to simulcast with the audio version of the podcast. So if you hear a lot of laughs, it's because we're just laughing and having a good time. So we appreciate everybody listening and enjoy the show. <laughs> Why is it that we're inclined to laugh when we're looking at each other? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Are we, are we, ner- are we nervous? <laughs> I'm not nervous at all. It's just funny that we're talking and we're actually, this isn't like, uh, we're not drinking. This isn't like a, uh, one of our watch parties. Like we're actually like, we got to like talk about be serious or semi-serious and Jacob, your, your hair looks beautiful, man. (laughs) Absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been, uh, hasn't, haven't had it cut in about three months. It is, it's, it's wild out here in the streets, Steve. Let me tell you. In the streets of London. In the streets of London. In the streets I'm trying of to London. think of like a. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a player comp, like an NBA player comp for that hairstyle. Um, there was one guy, and his name won't come to me now. A white guy that used to play for the Blazers. I think his name was like, I don't know. I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Luke something, but anyway, uh, wow. it's, it's looks good though, man. <laughs> you guys look good. It'll come you guys to me look later. beautiful. You guys look good. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's good. I like this. This is. This is good. We've been talking about doing a kind of a, a video stuff for a while now, so it's, we're, we're finally doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. This platform that we use you know, for the listeners, I guess, is called Zencaster. Uh, that's what we've been using for at least the past few months for our audio recordings. And they have this new feature. I don't know if it's a new feature, but they definitely are like forcing it on us now um, where, where it's video. So we figured let's give it a shot. And um, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how the It's going to go great. Yeah. yeah, it is gonna go. Gonna go yeah, I, I, I got. I'm. I'm rocking the Bucks swag. I promise. Next Sunday, I'll have the positive vibes only sweatshirt on. We're, we do. We're, we're gonna be great. It's gonna I be got great. the Kobe. The Kobe All Star jersey. Since we're gonna be talking a little bit about All Stars, I figured that was appropriate, and it's kind of my good luck jersey. We need all the luck like we can it. get today. I like it. So actually, it's crazy that we're doing this video today because I shouldn't be on this podcast right now because I was supposed to be going to the Bucks game. Um, but if you guys heard, for those that didn't hear. Last week's podcast, basically to sum it up, is the again. I don't know what other teams are doing. We got we got a little bit of feedback, but for the Bucks, they really haven't communicated with us at all. For season ticket holders, they gave us first dibs to buy tickets to go to these next games, um, slap of games before the All Star break, but they wanted us to pay for them after they've already had our money for a while. So it was kind of like, dude, f that. I mean, I wanted to take my dad or, or Mrs. Bucks and Six, and I wanted to go, but that obviously ended up not happening so it was kind of there's not really like breaking news but we got to choose which games we want we only get four games because it's i think it's 20 or 25 percent capacity so that's kind of kind of what we thought we get to keep our four seats that we have so i mean we'll um you know we'll kind of see where we go from there but like i said going back to last week's pod the communication has just been not uh not done very well compared to the team across town the milwaukee brewers who have been nothing but just phenomenal sending us free shit you know for the bucks we still can't use any of our vouchers or anything like that so it's it's a little bit of a weird dynamic i had some people uh, some friends of mine that went the other night and it's just you have to go across the street to uh one of the bars to get covid tested rapid 30 uh 30 minute test before the game and then you can go in um you order all your food and beverages on your phone you can't get up and go to any of the any of the vending 
stuff. I think the only time you can get up is to go to the bathroom. So it's it'll be it'll be interesting. I can't wait to go to one and kind of report back and, and kind of give you a guys a firsthand experience of what it's like. But I mean, it's it's disappointing. But I mean, you know, they have me by the balls because I'm gonna be there. <laughs> like I can't wait. I can't wait to go to a game. So I mean, it it, it you know it it sucks, but you know it uh, it is what it is. Do you know what games you're gonna go to yet? Do you have any idea? I we don't we don't we don't know yet. I think that we get to choose which games we want to go to. Like the the schedule just came out. I want to say on Thursday or Friday. I mean, I they, I want to go to a Nets game. I want to see what KD looks like in person. Um, hopefully he plays because he hasn't played. You know, the last I think he's going to be out through the All Star break, so he hasn't played a lot. But I would definitely like to see a Nets game. I think that I want to see a Philly game. I think Philly's coming to town too. So I mean, there's. There's going to be some good games that I want to go to, but again, well, I'm sure everybody, every season ticket holder wants to go to those games. So we'll kind of, kind of see how it works. I don't know if it's going to be first come first serve or anything like that, but I mean, it's definitely, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely getting the, uh, the, the, the itch to go here. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm and sure, I'm sure you're going to love it, even if it's, you know, not quite the same. I think, I think just, uh, <laughs> just being in the building is going to be dope, man. After, not having not having been able to do it for so long so yeah yeah, yeah i can't I match can't well i've never been to an nba game i was meant, i was meant to go to one uh, before covid i was going to go to a Knicks game unfortunately but uh covid saved me from that <laughs> <laughs> oh but, um, we'll see we'll see i might i might go when when we eventually visit america or visit new york I don't go they, see don't they game. play games in london sometimes like didn't they, they have like preseason the games o2 arena previous the seasons? o2 arena mm-hmm. yeah and the o2 there you go the old millennium dome we we did when we moved to london though they moved the game to paris so i was i was fucking excited i was like yeah we're gonna go there i think the last year it was like boston philly in like 2018 and then yeah. we get there and they moved the game to paris so I was like, for fuck's sake. It's quite expensive, mm. though. It was like 120 quid for a ticket. Quid, that's pounds. Right? <laughs> Not Quidditch. Not Quidditch. Quidditch. It's like bucks. It's, it's like, like bucks. British yeah. bucks. Yeah. And it was like 120, which is a fucking lot for a ticket, honestly, over here. I know for you guys, that's that's nothing. That's like... Uh, nosebleeds. Yeah, that's nosebleed tickets. Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's bullshit. But, you know, what do you... Uh, what are you gonna do, man? But speaking of the Knicks, uh, kind of, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA All Stars. The Knicks finally have an All Star, Julius Randle. I think, I think, well deserved. I mean, Jacob, I know you, uh, you've been hating on uh, mine and Brett's preseason prediction about Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks, but man, they're 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 playing good ball. I mean, they're if the season ended today, they they're in the playoffs. I believe that they're the the seventh seed, but I have to, I'll, I'll double check that. But I mean, the Knicks are playing good they're ball right and there, it's well deserved. Yeah. I mean. I know we hate talking about snubs, but why don't you guys give me your your first reactions when you kind of looked at the roster? Um, just just of note, uh, Kevin Durant was was uh, voted a starter. He was a captain, but he's not going to um, be playing. They're going to sit him out. So Sabonis got the All Star nod. So Indiana does get an All Star. Shout out to Kane Ross. Your team finally got one. Relax a little bit, hating on my Knicks. And um, Jason Tatum is going to be um, one of the starters now. So um, that should make, uh, you know, our Celtics fans fairly, uh, fairly happy. And on the West side, Anthony Davis got voted in as a reserve, but he's not going to play. So uh, Adam Silver named Devin Booker his replacement. So 
with all that said, guys, what are your kind of first thoughts at the All-Star game or the format or anything anything you guys want to want to talk about as it relates to All-Star? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm glad that Booker got that spot. Like, he he that would have been a pretty big snub um, had he not gotten it. Now, I, I wanted to see Conley get it just on, like, a career achievement kind of thing. And, and I mean, he is having a very good season. Like, we've talked about it. Uh, for the best team in the NBA. So that would have been cool. And like, I felt like that was kind of a good opportunity to give it to him because it's like a replacement spot um, where Adam Silver just gets to pick someone. But picking him over Booker would have been tough. Now, I don't have an issue with Chris Paul getting in ahead of Booker, which a lot of people seem to have. I, 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 would, I would pick Chris Paul slightly ahead of Booker myself. Uh, so that was the one that really jumped out. I was delighted that Levine made the all-star team. I think Randall was deserving. I'm totally happy with that. I think the Knicks deserve to have someone representing them. Uh, so I'm not too mad about any of the snubs. I mean, as we've talked about before, as I've said many times, I think they should expand the rosters. Maybe not go crazy with it. Maybe just expand it by like one or two spots. I really think it's appropriate considering how much deeper the level of talent is in the league these days. Uh, and then, you know, because you look at these, you know, quote unquote snubs and it's like those are some really good players that aren't going to be in the all-star team. Um, Middleton, you know, Jimmy Butler, Bam, DeRozan's having a great season. So uh, I, I just think it would be appropriate. Just get a couple of those guys in. And I, I heard an interesting thing on I think it was on the Zach Lowe podcast where Kevin Pelton was talking about um, if they expanded the rosters, it would make it even worse because once you get past those guys that we're calling snubs now, then the case has become even closer. It gets even harder to pick between those next that next crop of players. And I don't know if I buy that. I think there's, you know, 30-ish all-star caliber players. And I think beyond that, I think there's a clear um, delineation there. But uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm all for expanding the rosters. That, that was, I guess, my main takeaway. And I've felt that way for a couple of years now. I mean, wherever you draw the line, there's always going to be a debate. If you move it to 20 and say, right, these 20 are kind of undeniable. Well, the 21st guy has basically the same case as the 20th best guy. And if you move it to 30, the 31st best guy has basically the same case as the 30th, the 24th and the 25th. Like wherever you want to draw that line, that's always going to be an issue, I think. So I'm not too sold on that Kevin Pelton point. I agree with you that it should be expanded. Like if you just think back in the 60s, um, about... 20 percent 15 to 20 percent of the league was an all-star and now in 2021 it's about five percent of the league is an all-star or even four percent so it shouldn't be 20 i don't think it should be four percent either because we are seeing yeah guys like middleton trey these guys who obviously should be all-stars when it and the, the problem for me is when we get to the end of these players careers we're going to be talking about them like, oh, you know, they made five all-star games versus this guy made eight all-star games. And it's just, it's so pointless because then we get down to these points and in each conference, there's probably about seven, eight guys who deserve all-star appearances who, you know, locked in like Embiid, locked in. You get down to Sabonis, he's not locked in. And you get down to Middleton's not locked in. Levine's not locked in. There are lots of guys on that bubble who could get in, could get out. I think we need to completely change the all-star game and say it's not a measure of talent, it's a measure of entertainment. 
and it means nothing towards your contracts, your Hall of Fame, your resume, nothing like that. It's just, are you a super entertaining player? And if you are, go to the All-Star game. But That's it's got to be a blend, right? It's got to be a blend of, because there's some super entertaining players that suck that should be nowhere near an All-Star game, right? So it's like, like it's got to be, I see what you're saying, um, guys like Zion and Levine and, um, you know, players like that, Jokic, obviously. But like, where do you draw the line? Like, how bad can you be if you're massively entertaining and still make this I mean, All-Star I mean, not, game you're proposing? Not J.R. Smith. I'd say that's that's kind of the line like there. Like Prime J.R. Smith? Yeah, like Prime, Prime J.R. Smith. I want to see J.R. Smith in an All-Star game. I want to see J.R. Smith in an All-Star game. You don't know what he's going to do, man. Put him in the three-point contest. Let him rip, dude. Let him shoot with his shirt off. Let him rip, dude. Or like a – it would be cool if – I don't know how they could do it. Some kind of fan voting where there's like a few spots reserved for guys that didn't – get in based on the traditional process, but like you could vote for Derek Jones Jr. to get in. So you could see him get up for some crazy dunks or guys like that. But um I do see what you're saying where entertainment should be prioritized. Like like I love Sabonis. Like I respect the hell out of his game. And same with Vucevic. I don't love Vucevic, but he's a very good player. Uh but those guys are not I don't want to see them in the all-star game. I'd well, rather they just play not like even five minutes. Bench. Yeah, they're gonna, well, they're gonna play like three to five minutes. I, I think Jacob, to your point though, it, it needs to be. I think it's on us, like as fans and media, to not make such a big deal out of it when these players' careers are over. You know, it, it's kind of like uh, not to switch gears, but when you look at the NFL, like you know, they they may have it as a blip in there, like you know, six time Pro Bowl selection or something like that. But like that's it. Like you, you, this player isn't better than this player because he made the Pro Bowl or not. You know, and I think the NBA. You know, that's if I'm hearing you right, that's the direction that you want it to go in where it doesn't really like it doesn't really matter. Like we're we're talking about this now in 2021, um, you know, that and this is not a knock like I'm not trolling yet. But like, you know, the Boston Celtics are two games below 500 and they have two two players on the all-star game. You know, when at the end of the season or five years from now, no one's going to be like when it's Jason Tatum's sixth or seventh all-star game they're not going to be like hey man remember that time Tatum and Jalen Brown made the the all-star game and they weren't even a 500 team like no one everyone is going to forget all about that yeah the yeah. my larger issue I have with the all-star game is how poorly it represents the league in a given year because this year even worse generally we have it at the two-thirds mark of the regular season so at least you can say even if there are injuries that fuck up the order, at least you can say like two thirds of the year has happened and we have a better idea of who the best players are. This year, it's gonna. we decided it at about the 45% mark. So we have no clue who's going to slump, who's going to rise. Like I was telling you before the start of the pod, Jimmy Butler is probably, if he keeps this up, going to make an all-NBA team. And he, was, he wasn't even a reserve, a starting reserve. Obviously, we know now he rejected... Um, the call because Bam wasn't there. Bam's another one. Bam could easily end up in like the third team All NBA if he absolutely kills it, and and he's not an All Star. He wasn't on the All Star ballot. That's nonsense. Like the All Star is a representation of like the first third of the season. Like who gives a shit? And my last point, right? This is something that really pissed me off. KD stepped out and Sabonis was his replacement. Sabonis should be picking that team. Sabonis is the captain now. 
He took the spot of Kevin <laughs> oh, Durant. Oh, yes. Think of a fuck. I yeah. say give it Embrace to the, the I say chaos. Give it to the, yes. If, if anything, give yeah. it to the runner, the yeah. vote, the vote getting runner up. You know, like whoever got Giannis or whoever got the second most votes. But like, uh, I think I don't know. I'm have fine with KD still picking it. He's just like on the sidelines now. He's like a coach. Um, oh, I like GM, that. Bonus you know? definitely should but, be. I love that idea. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, think, I love I that man. idea. Like, I think Bam is is better than Sabonis. I think he's better than Vucevic. And it's like those guys, if the Heat had been however many games below 500 they are, if they had been that many above 500, both of those guys would be on the all-star team, right? But it's like if you look at Miami's season, like look at all the games that Jimmy missed. Look at all the games that Dragic has missed. Like there's a reason that their record is what it is. And it's like you're really going to penalize these guys for that stuff that was like largely out of their control injuries and COVID, you know, it's like, so I don't know that that's particularly fair that it's like, well, this guy's team is slightly better than these guys who are better well, than him. So Miami, he Miami today, as of Sunday, February 28th, Miami's a half game up on Indiana. Indiana's not even a playoff team right now. So like in what world is like, I mean, Bam is definitely better than Sabonis, right? Like overall. I mean, yeah, but Brett, to, Sabonis to is really though, good, but. I think, though, that obviously these these were named before today was, and obviously I'm kind of trolling a little bit. But, I mean, yes. True. I think when they do the All-Star, the, the players, though, when fans vote, when when coaches vote, when when other players vote, I mean, part of being a, a player is your, your best ability is your availability. Like, so I understand, like, what you're saying. Like, I don't think there's anybody, especially not us three, that would be like, hey, Simone, this is better than Bam or Jimmy. But I think, you know, he's having – to those, to the people that voted, he's having a better year than they are. Now, that doesn't mean he's better overall because I, as we all know, Miami's been decimated by by injuries, right. by COVID, by by just about everything. So I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I really, we were talking before yeah. the pot even started. Like it's, I really don't. It's to have, Jacob's point, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I just don't have an issue with it. It's I've like never to Jacob's point that it doesn't. Smell. It doesn't. Right. Go it's ahead. just, it, I mean, like you said, Jacob, it, it doesn't represent the best players in the league necessarily. Um, but to push back a little bit too on like what you guys were saying, like I kind of want it to matter. You know, like I, I want the all-star game to matter. And like, so it's like, what do we have to do to get it to matter? Is it tweaking the way that um, it's voted upon? Um, I mean, is it some doing something with the format of the game? Like, What's it going to take to – because I'd rather go in that direction rather than saying, ah, let's deprioritize it and just only talk about All-NBA from now on and not talk about how many All-Star appearances a guy had because this and that and it's not fair. Um, I'd rather go in the other direction because All-Star is a, an important part of the NBA season and um, and I want it to matter. So that's, I, I would say first is players actually giving a shit. Um, I would go with – bringing back the East versus West, which is something that you suggested earlier in the week. I think that's a good idea, but ultimately they, they've tried tweaking it. They've done the, the, the kind of the Kobe ending where you have to get to a certain amount of points, but ultimately, man, it comes down to the players actually giving a shit. Like players don't give a shit. And that, and this is the product that we're going to see until they actually give a shit and you can incentivize them and be a million dollars a player or whatever. Like they, it's not going to work unless they give a shit, you know, it's not like, 
not yeah. to be the old man on the hill here, but dude, they're all buddy buddy. They all like each other. Like there's no one, no one really hates you. It's not like, you know, when it was Boston and Miami with KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen on one side of the locker room and uh, you know, Miami, LeBron, D Wade and Chris Bosch on the other side, not liking each other. Like all these players like each other, like it's all one big community and, and they don't, you know, they, they don't just don't give a shit. See, my issue is just thinking, where could you place the All-Star game to make it matter? The problem is the All-Star game is not your team. Your team pays you. Your team is the one you win the championship with. The All-Star game is an exhibition. and It's an exhibition where you could get hurt. So you don't want to go all out. And there isn't a position, a time in the year I think it can work. Like you could say maybe after the regular season, before the playoffs, have an All-Star break. Like take a break for like a week, two weeks, get everyone healthy. Maybe if you took a two-week break, so players could kind of play a bit harder and have time to recover if there are any nagging injuries, that might work. But also, you have the playoffs. The good players are going to be focused on that. You could have it at the start of the season, before the year starts, and have it reflect the last year, but the players aren't in peak condition. Like, the time they have it now is probably the best time to have it because players are really in in-season conditioning and they still have a long while until the playoffs where it really matters. But you aren't really ever going to get it to matter because is, this isn't what they're getting paid for. This is no, just and look, exhibition. Like it, no, and that feeds into what you were saying too about let's make it all about entertainment. And I'm all for that because of that reason. Like that, you know, you're never going to get these guys to go all out, like you were saying, Steve. Um, it, it's just for fun, and that that's how it should be, and it should be as entertaining as possible. Like, and so when I say that I want it to matter, I mean more like the idea of the game of like like an all star appearance on your resume. I want that to matter. Like, I want it to be important that you made the team, not like it's just ah, something we're going to kind of overlook later. Like, let's just see if you make all NBA. Like, I don't want that. I want it to be – I want all-star appearances to count. But I, I understand that the game itself is never going to be serious. And I think trying to strive for that is like a losing battle. And and you might as well just make it – maybe there's some shit they can do with the rules um, that will make it more fun or more geared toward entertainment. Maybe you make dunks count for three or something like that, or like, you know, four point shots. Like you could, you could probably tweak it to make the game itself more entertaining and just go all in on that. But I still think it should be the best players. And I still think it should be an important thing, not as important as all NBA, but something we talk about, like the amount of all-star games that Duncan and Kobe made, like that and KG, like all those guys with a ton of all-stars, like that means something. Um, popularity, I think, should count to some degree on your legacy. I think it's a small part, but I think it, it should be factored in. Um, no, I think I think it's fair. I think we just have to accept that your all-star game appearance number, like if we say X player has, you know, nine all-defense, 10 all-NBA, 13 all-star games, and player Y has like, you know, eight all-defense, 11 all-NBA, and 12 all-star games, we can't be using that, those all-star no. differences to mean maybe if it's like 12 all-star games versus five and it's not like um, East versus West, because the problem is then you get guys like Mike Connolly versus Carl Lowry. I've used that example before, where Carl Lowry has like five all-stars, Connolly has zero, and they're not that much different career-wise in terms of you know, how good they've been. I think Lillard and Lillard and Kyrie is another good example. Yeah, Lillard, Lillard missed two when he might have been like the third or fourth best point guard in the NBA, and he wasn't even in the All Star game. If, what if the NBA kind of followed something that baseball did, where you go back to East versus West, and then whoever wins gets home court advantage in the NBA Finals? 
Because that's what baseball does for their all-star game. Whoever win, whoever wins gets gets home field. Yeah. I don't know. Well, do they? They know. wanted I mean, they would... wanted to put they wanted to put more an incentive on it to get players to actually actually give a shit. Because actually, it happened here right down the road in two thousand. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but they had the all-star game at Miller Park, and half the players it ended in a tie because they had no more players. Half the players left. They're already at the airport going back during the game. <laughs> so I mean, it's but, like would Bradley Beal would Bradley Beal care though if like yeah if, would he care he, yeah right I like mean Durant maybe you know Harden maybe because they're actually in right. the running but yeah you I guess at this to... point in the season though even Bradley Beal is probably like hey you never know I mean we can make a run <laughs> <laughs> hey man I was just gonna not. say dude Washington's I was looking at it bitch. Washington is own dude Washington's a game and a half out of the eighth seed man. Yeah, our dude, our, our preseason uh, predictions having them in the playoffs aren't aren't looking too bad now. Yeah, I was looking no, at that. I was thinking dude, about that the other day. I was like, right, yeah. they're, pretty, they're pretty good so far. I had a, I had a side, yeah, they're, they're I had a side bet. I had a side bet for two hundred bucks with one of my buddies that uh, I had. I said Washington was going to have a better record than Houston. I was a little nervous there for a minute, but uh, Washington seems <laughs> like they're uh, they're finally getting it together. You're yeah, in pretty good shape on that one. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, but, man. Washington was looking or Houston was looking pretty good before Christian Wood got hurt. True. Yeah, but they 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 want to tank, I think. Like Oladipo's on the market. John Wall is not gonna carry this team. And when like Jay Sean Tate is like one of your three or four best players, he's a he's a nice role player. Like he's looked really good for a rookie, yeah. but you know, that's it's gonna be the Kevin Porter lo- Jr. Would, show. Yeah. I would love to see love to see. Victor Oladipo in a Milwaukee Buck uniform. Oh my god, dude! I would love it so bad. How are you? How are you affording that? And how much be better is fit. he than? How much better is he this year than Dante? Like, I'd like in terms that. of contract I, well, and talent. You couldn't. You couldn't. Like I said, you couldn't. You couldn't give up any of those other guys. But they. They need. They need a wing defender. So in 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 the worst way possible. I know Drew's coming back today. I, I'm looking forward to watching that game. But I don't know, man. I think they got to give up. I think they got to do something to trade Brook Lopez, dude. I think he has not uh, not looked right for uh, for a while now. But we'll uh, we'll yeah. we'll see. I, we'll see what I, they do. I don't think he cracks. I don't think he cracks ten minutes per game in the playoffs. I think you go fully Giannis at the five. He he's looked he's yeah. looked very he's looked very old. He's looked very old, and it makes uh, you know not a lot of before we get into our next topic. You know, not a lot of people are talking about that, but letting Christian Wood go, it's, it's it looks worse and worse by a the of, uh, a few teams by do. the day, man. By the day, man. I mean, they let him go. They they loved him, dude. They 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 kept him around, and they they let him go. They released him, and then the Pelicans signed him, and then he went to Detroit. And now he's in Houston, man, dude. Yeah, uh, Giannis front court of him of Chris Giannis and Christian Wood would not uh, not be too oh. bad. But let's let's go on to kind of uh, Jacob the topic that you really wanted to talk about, and we we kind of started it um, last week when we were talking about when we got kind of got sidetracked into heliocentric players. But you know, kind of what does it take to be a number one on a championship level team? What kind of attributes do you have to have? So so Jacob, why don't you kind of explain to myself and Brett and the audience kind of what what your thoughts on this and why you were interested in in talking about this well because i am i've had it in the back of my mind to do like a by the numbers episode about this for a long time and i probably still will do when i've done a lot more um research on it but it was basically yeah it's like at what level can you be the best player on a championship team like where's the cutoff point in a given year and i actually 
so what I did was I have it didn't require much research because I've done all this info all, all this data mining already. It came down to I went and looked at every champion since 1980, and I thought, right, what are the characteristics in terms of how good the players are on those teams? What are characteristics they had in common? And I broke it down into kind of broad, broad kind of spectrum in terms of do they have a top five player? Do they have a top 10 player? Do they have top 20 players? And those are kind of broad because I don't want to get into, you know, the minutiae of is X player or the fifth or the sixth best player in that given year? That's up for debate. But I came down to four basic models of how championship teams are built. And those are of those 41 teams going back to the 1980 the Magic Johnson, you know, the Game 6 winner when he wins Files MVP, and um, he stole it from Kareem with an amazing last game performance. No other way about it. It should have been Kareem's Files MVP, whatever. It came down to 25 of those 41 teams had two of the 10 best players in the league on it. 60% of those teams, yeah. I was shocked because... Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm sure like a top 10 player can probably win you the championship. No, like 60% of them have two top 10 players. And I'm talking about combining regular season performance and playoff performance, not just how did you do in the regular season? How did you do in the regular season and the playoffs combined? And then 10 of the 41 had a top five player and at least one top 20 player. So they had like a super duper star and then at least one you know, good player. Like I would say like Giannis and Middleton, at least kind of a Giannis and at least a Middleton. I found two of the 41. So 5% of them had a top five player and then they did not have a top 20 player. And those were the 94 Rockets with Hakeem and the 2011 Mavericks with uh, Dirk. I think they were both top five players in that year. But I don't Dirk, think top, Dirk top five. I guess I, the playoff I, run, the playoff yeah, run pushes him over because I don't think yeah. he was a top five regular season player in 2011. No, but for the few years from like 2007, he stops being it in the regular season, but he gets to the playoff. He's putting up yeah. 30 points on like 65% true shooting and shit. Like he is incredible come playoff time. And Absolutely. then, oh yeah. And then four of the 41 teams, and those are, as far as I'm concerned, the 89 Pistons, the 90 Pistons, the 2004 Pistons, and the 2014 Spurs. 2014 Spurs, they had at least two top 20 players, but no top five players. So as far as I'm concerned, 90% of the championship teams in the last 40 years have had a top five player on it. Um, One one I was going to ask you about, because, okay, because there was a few that just jumped out in my head right away, like from the last... Um, 20, 25 years, I guess, because I figured we would be talking about some of these teams and, and their best players. And uh, obviously the 2014 Spurs jump out. Obviously the 20, the 2004 Pistons jump out. Like those are the two big ones that didn't have a real superstar level player, at least at that time. And then the 2011 Mavs, I was going to ask you about, I was wondering kind of how you would rank Dirk, um, because I feel like he's on the lower end of championship best players that year. Um, I guess if, you know, considering the playoff run, that does take him to another level. But if we're talking about regular season, um, the other one. So the 2008 Celtics, I'm assuming KG, you have him as their best player. So, yeah, yeah, I had um, I had KG, I thought was a top five player that year when you include defense. Yeah, I think top five. Him and Pierce, top 10. And then all three of them, top 20, Ray Allen and top 20 players. Really? Him and Pierce, both top 10. 
Yeah, that Ray, year. Uh, Garnet and Pierce, both top ten okay. that year. All right. I was wondering yeah. about that. And then what then, about the what about the ninety nine Spurs? That was the another one I was thinking about, the, the so, lockout year where, where it was second year Tim Duncan and then old uh, post injury David Robinson. I have Duncan top five and I have Robinson top ten. How is uh, Robinson top ten that year? Didn't he average Robinson, like fifteen points a game? Yeah, he averaged fifteen points a game and he was still probably the best defender. Him or like Matumbo or someone, probably the best defender in the league. Okay. Okay. Like as far as I'm, as far as I think he was a better defender that year than Duncan was. I think Duncan was like the offensive hub, but I think Robinson was the defensive monster still, even yeah. post injury. That's think. fair. That's fair. Those were kind of the ones that that jumped out to me because then everything else is just like throughout the '90s. Yeah, you have the bad boys, and then it's all Jordan, mm-hmm. Hakeem, Jordan. Yeah. Then those, then that Spurs team. Then you're into Shaq, and then you get mm-hmm. the Pistons. Um, then you get a couple more Spurs, uh, and you know, so there's, there's only a few that, that really jump out, but that's interesting to hear it broken down like that. Um, because, so you said out of those 41, what 35 had either two of the top 10 or a top five and a top 20. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of balance out 35. So two elite players. Yeah. Yeah. Two elite. And that, that could be down to, so like an example might be, um, in 95, Hakeem is a top five player. And I think Drexel's a top 20 player that year. Or like um, Bird in the earlier Celtics runs, I think Bird is like a clear top five player in like 84 and Mikhail and Parrish are top 20 players that year. So that's kind of um, just kind of broad strokes of what I was going down. And then you get to like Jordan and the Bulls in like 98. Jordan, obviously still the best player in the league. Pippen and Rodman, because of Pippen's injury, they're both probably closer to like top 20 players that year. So that's kind of, and that I call that the B class of teams. So you've got the A class is having two top 10 players. That's LeBron and AD last year. The B class is having a top five player and at least a top 20 player. So for me, an obvious one is 2019. You've got Kawhi, top five player. Siakam and Lowry, I think both have arguments as top 20 players that year. Lowry definitely to me. Um, then like a C would be like, like a Hakeem, 94, top five player no other top 20 player on his team same with i think dirk personally you might argue then that he's top five top 10 but for me he's top five and then you have to then the final category the d class everything goes right you have the 89 um pistons where you have and for all these teams like the 89 pistons the 90 pistons the 2004 pistons the 2014 spurs you could, uh, I could name probably like five, six players, seven players from all the, all four of those teams that were fucking good players. Like they have real depth. Like I don't think, I think Isaiah gets a bit over, like he gets overrated a little bit in terms of him personally. Like he was the best player on that team. I don't know if he was a top 10 player in like. Really? By, That's what by, I was going to ask you. By 89, you No, you go back to like 84, 85. Yeah. But yeah. you get to 89, 90. I don't think he is, but then you get Joe Dumas, you get Rodman is a monster, you get Bill Lambeer is underrated, you know, John Sally's fucking good, like, what's the name, Vinnie Johnson, Mark Aguirre, you know, like, they had fucking yeah. squad going back then. Same with the 2004 Pistons and the 2014 Spurs, they had absolute squads that they could rely on. Who and was those... there, like, who would you, okay, that's, that's what I was going to ask you, who would you call, since we're talking about best players since that's kind of the main thing mm-hmm. who would be the best player on the 2004 pistons he's got to be chauncey or ben right yeah personally i mean this is probably a controversial view i think ben wallace is just about a top 10 player that year 
yeah. on defense. He was their only all star, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of all stars, and then what about the <laughs> what, what about the 2014 Spurs? Who would it, would it be? Tony Parker. That was so fucking hard, honestly. I mean, I think Duncan, Manu, Kawhi, and Parker all have arguments as yeah, top 20 players. I think they all have arguments, personally. Maybe Kawhi makes it as kind of that he was such a good defender at that time, and he was so like efficient on offense, even though it's still developing. But then Duncan was so fucking good, too. And obviously, yeah, Parker and Manu. Parker, I think especially in like 2013, 2014, was like at his peak. Maybe maybe a couple of years. She was unbelievable in the in those playoff runs. She was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was was like when the playoffs came on, and even the NBA Finals. He just like turned it on. Yeah, he was the dude couldn't miss. No one could stay in front of him, and he couldn't miss. Like he had Mm -hmm. just just this running shot, you know, and no one could defend it. And he just he his his control of the game and the flow was unbelievable that year. I remember at that point, people were kind of saying like, you know, he's past his prime. Like I think he was thirty two that year. Um, I know he's a couple years older than me. I think he was about 32 that year. So he, um, I feel like he kind of surprised people with how good he was. And like you said, Steve, especially in the playoffs. And and I agree though. I think like, if you're talking about who's their best player, depending on what you value, it could almost be any one of those four mm-hmm. and, and same with the Pistons, at least between, uh, Ben and Chauncey. Like it could yeah. be, you could go either way on that. I think um, I would yeah. also go Ben Wallace on yeah. that one. I was thinking about like thinking about these teams, like who would be, the comps for those players in like today's NBA and like, could that team win a title? I wonder, like if you're talking about the, obviously I didn't like mention this to you guys until now. So I don't expect you to have anyone in mind, but like say the, um, the Spurs, like I wonder who those guys, like who would be the, the Tony Parker in today's NBA? Like would Conley be maybe a fair approximation of about where Parker was that year? Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, obviously that. Game I think Tony Parker was. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think Tony Parker's a little bit was a little bit better than what we've seen from Mike Conley. I mean, I think to answer your question, not necessarily with a player. I think team wise, it's got to be the Utah Jazz, right? I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I think that's what you're thinking of. I mean, they're they're elite up until now. They're the best team in the NBA. I mean, they're just they're beating teams left and right. You know, you know, a team actually that. Because I I did this I like I created this kind of rubric like I said I created this like an A team a B team a C hey, team Jacob, a D Jacob, team hey, based on hey, hang on hang on one second since, since everyone since we're doing video for the first time and everyone wants to see what this is like this is kind of what we do on audio yo Brett Jacob you guys continue bath and break all right go for it man <laughs> <laughs> this is Steve yeah. people this is Steve every fucking week. Yeah, we would just be talking. I would edit this out. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not very confident in my video editing skills. So this first episode is probably just <laughs> going to be raw. Like this is probably just going to be in there. But at least it's a nice view of that Dwayne Wade jersey. Oh, yeah. Steve's such a, he's oh, just okay, Wisconsin jersey. through and through, man. You got to oh, love it. God. That yep. Wade jersey. You know, you know something just it. to spin off on that. Wade, do you think, right, this is a wild take I had watching some old Wade footage. Do you think 2009 Wade in 2021 could be given the spacing, given the high pick and roll, and given like his defensive ability on top of how flashy was. Do you think he could be the best player in the league? Because I think he might be. If two thousand nine Wade played in twenty twenty one, I think he might be. I mean, the obviously the only the only knock you could have on him is the three point shooting. Yeah. Um. I don't know what exactly his 
three-point shooting numbers were that season. I know he didn't make a ton of them. He's never been a great three-point shooter. Um, I think he actually got better in his last couple of years. But uh, still, even with that, um, if he could just knock down enough to keep you honest, because I always felt like, I mean, he was such a great mid-range shooter, right? Yeah. An all-time yeah, great yeah. mid-range shooter. Um, so I always felt like if he had taken more threes, like mm-hmm. it, he he would have made more. So I guess if we're saying like, 09 Wade in 2021, you almost have to assume he'd be shooting more threes. And I think he was just a good enough shooter in general that he'd make enough to keep the defense honest, in which case with all the spacing and everything that you mentioned, especially if you had shooters around him. Yeah, man, I think he could be. I think he could be. It's, I think, yeah, it's not that wild of a take. Because no in one in a, in a high pick and roll in like a five out system, no one in 2021 could stay in front of Wade, in my opinion. Like he could be literally like like un- just below Jordan esque in twenty twenty one in my opinion. Like Wade was so fucking quick and strong, and he had such good vision and ball handling. Like he's better than say someone like Zion in terms of as a pick and roll ball handler. Yeah, that that's what got us talking about it, Steve. Yeah, the Wade jersey. Well, and and also like the other thing, I was just thinking about Wade this morning actually because I was kind of just going over all these championship teams in my head and trying to think of their best player. Uh, and obviously the 06 heat, Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. And like for a second, I was like, he was their best player. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then yeah. I'd looked at his numbers that season and I was like, damn, like he put up oh my God. bigger numbers than I realized in 2006 or than I had remembered. I mean, he was over 27 points a game. His uh, very efficient too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and we all know how well he played defense. Like he was a monster even then in like mm-hmm. his – uh, his third season, I think that would have been. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. next to Shaq there. So, wh- wh- where was he? Where did you have him when you did that? Like, was he a top ten guy? Top did five. You have... I think he's top five now. Top yeah. five. That's in Legitimate. that season. Yeah, yeah but when you factor in the playoffs too. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah. his finals is all time finals performance. Yeah, actually, yes. I have a mildly hot take. I think up until Wade's injury, I think it was two thousand seven or two thousand eight. I actually think Dwayne Wade, or when LeBron took a jump in two thousand seven. I think Wade was the best player from that draft class. I think he had the best no rookie shit, year. No shit, dude. That's not a hot take. second year, best third year. I think oh, Melo had the best rookie, rookie year. year. Melo had the best rookie year. No, I think... You guys, you just I hate Melo, dude. Man. You just hate just you just hate him. You just hate him. I don't... I don't hate Melo. I, I disagree nah. with Melo. That, that's... You're an analytics guy. Analytics guys hate Melo. <laughs> analytics guys yeah, hate him, I, bro. I like Wade. They hate him. They hate him. Real ones though. We hate him. We hate him. But but to get back to something you said a while ago, sorry, listeners, when you were saying like, who could be the Spurs in 2021? Because I went through, then I used this rubric I created, like the an A team, two top 10 players, a B team, top five and top 20, a C team, top five, no top 20, and a D team, top 20, but no top 10 or top five players. I went through all the teams. One that kind of stuck out to me as like a sneaky one that I wasn't expecting was Phoenix. Like mm. you put like CP3, Booker, Bridges as like the elite wing defender. I think Aiton, I think they're too young right now. But, and I think CP3 is getting a bit of slippage, you know, as he's going through. I think he's definitely, I think as we get into the playoffs, we might see CP3 take a bit more of a fall because he's not, the same player he needs more space to get his shot off than he used to he's not as quick like i think he might have a bit he might drop off a bit in the playoffs more than we think 
But I think Phoenix are sneaky, man. I think they're a really sneaky team. Well, I do too. And let, and let me just sort of force that into um, talking about their counterparts, say. So just not the type of player they are, but like maybe the level they are within the league right now. Let's see how far off it is. Aiton Duncan. That's, Bridges, that's the only one. Yeah. Bridges Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. Booker Manu. Yeah. Chris Paul, Tony Parker. Yeah. Like, Maybe in terms of their standing within the league, if you, I think if you squint, it's, yeah. it's, because that's sort of the way I was looking at it too. Um, but like overall, though, as a team, they, they could be that type of team. I mean, I tend to think of Booker just as a little more of a star than any of those other guys on Phoenix and probably anybody in San Antonio oh. in 2014. Um, I think he might be on another level. He just kind of got off to a slow start this season, but I mean, but he's going to get a shot though, Brett. I mean, I mean, this is going to be like, Mm -hmm. Phoenix is going to make the playoffs. I mean, he's going to, he's going to get his shot to, I mean, where his star is, is hopefully, you know, I think we're all basketball junkies and we all, I was going to say, I think we all like Devin Booker. I mean, I like him. I mean, he's going to get his chance to, you know, fucking shine bright, man. I mean, all you got to do is go back to last year's playoffs and fucking do Tyler. Shout out, shout out to Whitnell. I mean, dude, like Devin Booker could easily, easily, easily do that in the playoffs you know i mean obviously that was a well, special type of circumstances but i mean look what he did in the bubble he did he did everything he possibly could in the bubble they went eight and oh they did everything they could to make the playoffs and just the you know because the blazers you know one did really well themselves like but booker and it, it, the suns played great but it was booker was i'm hitting game winners and just putting up big games like booker was probably the runner up for bubble mvp right when they awarded that before the 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 playoffs started like he had to have been yeah he must um, have been. top yeah, three in like. the bubble MVP voting. Yeah. I see that picture of Lillard holding the Mickey Mouse trophy. I'm like I still don't know if that's real or Photoshop. Did, uh, it, did it, they it, was was it actually a Mickey Mouse trophy? It will always be real <laughs> in my heart. If that is, I don't care if it's real or not. It will always be real in my heart to me. You know, Lillard's, you know what's crazy too, man. Trophy. I, I hope it's Mickey Mouse MVP. It's <laughs> I hope he has it. I hope it's his most prized possession. And he has it framed like in the, in the most obnoxious space in his house. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, though, going session. back to that conversation, that's why, you know, two years ago as for, for the bucks, that's why it hurts so bad. Cause you know, you, you had Giannis and you, and to everybody else, you know, you had all these players that, you know, weren't top 10 players, weren't top 10 or weren't top 15 players. And it was so fun watching that team. And that's why it just feels like, mm-hmm. I got fucking kicked in the nuts like a million times, dude. It, it hurts that much more. And, and that's why, it, you know, but it's, it's hard though, man. I mean, I mean, it's hard. You look at not taking any way, anything away from, you know, the Pistons, you know, you guys have, we've talked about this before. I mean, you had the Lakers had Carl Malone get hurt. Kobe and Shaq hated each other. Kobe was flying back and forth between LA and, and, and Colorado. He had that hanging over him. I mean, it was a crazy set of circumstances for the Lakers and even going back to we talked about it i don't know if we talked about it last week or the week before the the dallas um miami series where you know lebron just had that complete 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 meltdown it just seems for teams like that everything has to go right for them you know they kind of have to you kind of have to catch some sort of lightning in a bottle and that's why just go going by the years jacob that you laid out it's extreme it's rare that it happens it's very rare that it happens well, this is this is something that I really stumble across is this kind of the concept of like your margin for error. Like when you have AD and LeBron 
you have a big margin for error at the rest of your positions. Like you can throw Dwight Howard out there for 20 minutes a night. And obviously some of it's culture that he's going to play hard because he's playing with LeBron James. Like there might not be another player in the league. Dwight Howard isn't going to act like a clown with, but you, you have these guys like, you know, those Cavs teams, you had J.R. Smith, you had Iman Shumpert. Those weren't championship sixth options, but you put them with, you know, where your best player is LeBron, your second best player is Kyrie and your third best player is Kevin Love. You have more of a margin for error. And that's why I think we see a lot of the best teams have like two top 10 players because you have that, you have this big margin for error where you go into the playoffs. Like LeBron's teams always have some pretty shitty players playing a lot of minutes. Like you can go through any of LeBron's teams throughout his career. Like that's a characteristic of a LeBron team is like, you've got these guys that wouldn't even get minutes on other teams that are playing like pretty big roles. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can go down the list, but then, yeah, you get into those teams. Like I think the 2011 Mavericks are a great example. I think uh, the 2019 Raptors are a great example. And I think Hakeem's Rockets are a great example where you could go down to even the sixth guy. And that's still a really good player. Mm-hmm. You know, like look at that Raptors team behind Kawhi. It's Lowry and Siakam and Van Vliet and, and OG. And mm-hmm. um, I was with Norm Powell was there, right? He was he on that he was on that team, right? I don't know. But you have at least like yeah, I feel yeah, like he hasn't been there for that long, but I think he has. Um Ibaka. so yeah. Lots of fun. Ibaka, Gasol. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a squad. But yeah. that's what it takes, I think, when you only have one superstar and same with those Mavs when it's Tyson Chandler and and Jason Kidd and et cetera et cetera Sean Marion um Jason Terry you know I don't want to forget anybody but you know what I'm saying um, well they, th- that's where like you know your, your sixth guy has to be mm-hmm. really good yeah the, the, really really good the 2015 Warriors like you think the 2015 Warriors were strength in numbers like they were yeah. they had that fucking, yeah they had like Barbosa is like their sixth seventh man and yeah. it's like you know he's he was a great player at the time oh, Harrison Barnes you know, speaking of that like Speaking they were of that, so deep. We haven't had, they, they were. You know, speaking of that, we haven't had a good Steve rant in a while. I don't understand <laughs> what close. this what this thing with Steph Curry is. Like, people are like, you know, I know like it was an aggregate, and we kind of talked about it a, a little bit a little bit earlier about you know Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons, and I know a lot of it was. Ta- I know Zach Lowe doesn't think that, so let's just get that right out of the way. He was just no, but a lot of people that. do. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, and shout out. Bill Simmons is absolutely fucking right. Nobody before they got KD, Golden State was the best team in the NBA regular season wise for two years in a row. I mean, they mm-hmm. smashed. Well, they shouldn't say smash, but they beat the Chicago Bulls regular season record. Like Steph Curry was that dude. Why are all of a sudden everybody look at it this year and go, Golden State is what the A seed right now, the seventh seed? Like they're barely they're they're hovering yeah. around five hundred. Steph's playing great. His team sucks, and now all the Steph haters are like, oh look. He can carry a team now. Look, he really like. I I hate. I fucking hate that argument. It is yeah. so stupid. Like you want yeah. Steph to just have a bunch of players that that aren't that good. You know, a roster. Their roster isn't constructed right. Clay Thompson's hurt. Like, to, oh hey, congratulate. Now I can take Steph seriously because he got his team in the seventh spot. That is the dumbest fucking argument I have ever heard in my mm-hmm. life. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Like he was. Yeah, he was the, the a back to back MVP. The whole, like, yeah, Steph can't. Well, he yeah, it, exactly. Like, look, I mean, I know people are gonna say, well, he didn't carry the 2015 Warriors because they had Clay and they had Draymond. But it's like, were Clay and Draymond in 2015 were they top 20 players? I think I Clay mean, probably was. 
but that's it. But I mean, that was Steph. Steph was, it's not that it wasn't a team effort, but Steph carried that team as much Mm -hmm. as a lot of these other superstars that we would say carried their teams, carried their teams, Mm -hmm. right? And even the next year when he had one of the greatest seasons in NBA history, like, yes, they didn't win the finals, but um, they made it and they broke the Bulls record and Steph had one of the greatest seasons ever. So it's like, I think Mm -hmm. we've seen that he can carry a team. Um, And there was something else I wanted to talk about too, with that, did you you keep going though, Steve? I'll I'll, I'll get no, back. No, it, it was just uh, like I, just I don't I don't understand. No, no, no. You're fine. It was just I'll just I don't understand what it what it mean. Oh, he carried this team. What what does that even mean? Like LeBron outside, LeBron took carried one team. It was I think we all agree one of the worst teams we've ever seen in the NBA Finals. They got swept. After that, like LeBron to carry my it, when I when I hear the word carry, it's like oh LeBron had to do everything. He still had D Wade and Chris Bosh. Cleveland, he had Kyrie, Kevin Love. You know, like, I don't understand this argument well, that these say, players oh. – Go ahead, go ahead. When you say he carried a team to get swept in the finals, though, which one do you mean? Because he did it in 2007 and 2018, where he carried dog I mean, shit rosters. I, I mean, the, the, fir- the, first, the first Cleveland team, when, when he took them against the Spurs. And you look at that roster, that was not – a very competitive roster, but I'm, I'm just saying like, I don't understand like this idea of all oh, well, these players to get respect from the media members or, or fans, like they have to do everything for their team. I just think it's a, it's a stupid fucking argument. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an incredibly, incredibly stupid. And it takes away from appreciating kind of what these players do. Like the same, like Brett, mm-hmm. the Dame Willard argument, all like, and I'm as pro Dame Lillard as anybody. Like, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but oh, Dame's been carrying Portland for so long. Well, I don't even know what that, what do you want? How do you want us to respond to that? Like he's had good players around him. Like they were, they were, what were they? A, a two seed just a little bit ago. Like, I mean, I, I just, I, these arguments that these media members and fans carry out, I just think are the dumbest fucking arguments I, I've heard in a long time. So there's, there's my Steve rant for you. I, I just, well, it, I don't it, understand it. it. It ties. It totally ties in too to, to to what like what you were saying, Jacob, about how rare that is, where mm-hmm. like where it's one guy and nobody else. It's extremely rare, and you know it when you see it. But like, it's not like we those are the only guys we praise and give credit to. It's just like people sort of seem to pick and choose with like their exactly. definition of carrying a team or like the importance and, of it. It's like they don't like you know how, they don't like stuff. You laid it out. That's man. what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's they don't like I Steph. Mean, That's all it is. They don't like that. A lot of pe- a lot of people don't like Steph. He, he's he's one of the most popular players in NBA history. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that really don't like him. And I've always tried to figure out why that is. If there's there's something about him, I will say that's like I don't think smug is the right word. But there's a little something about him. Like when you watch him in an interview, like he's always kind of got this grin and um, and just the way he plays. Like if you if he's playing against your team, like it's hard not to hate him. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think gets Brett, people's I, I think, skin. I don't know what it is about him. I think I think it's because he looks like a regular dude, man. He's he's what? He, yeah. He's not very. He's like six three, six four. I think he. He's wait, not even six three. I've 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 stood right next to him in person. I'm six yeah. three. He was definitely shorter than me. I bet he's six two. He's a little. Shorter and I think he's probably what I, like I saw him at a restaurant. Pounds, yep. maybe like if that like he's or a buck ninety. Like he nah. he he looks like a dude that that no, you see at your local Y. Except he can he can shoot the lights out and he can drill. He's not your. I guess to your point, Brett. He's not your prototypical NBA player. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not jacked. He's not ripped. He, but he's 
He's just that fucking good. And people, they can't stand that man. They can't I think that's stand. why he's like, so you popular. Know, you play ball. I think, like, I think, but I think, stand. but go ahead, Brett, go on. Yeah, he would, I can see it. You know, I can see it as someone who used to play ball is like how he can get under not only other players skin, but like probably fans of that team. And like, but I think the stuff you're talking about with him being so relatively small and kind of unassuming, like I think that's what makes him so popular because mm-hmm. he is one of the most popular players of all time. But it's just like the people that don't like him really don't like him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what's fueling this talk about can he carry a team or it's just desperate media outlets looking for clicks and engagement and they're just going to say some dumb shit to get people talking about it. And like, you know, I, I can't even take that seriously. Like Steph's resume speaks for itself and um and th- his season he's having uh speaks for itself like he's he's phenomenal um so oh. i just i think it's so silly and shout out to bill simmons though for um for being dead on about that i i do think there is some that i would compare it almost to shaq and kobe where i think steph's legacy has been altered forever by kd going to the warriors and by those championships, and by the fact he didn't win MVP, uh, finals MVPs. And I think in 2017, actually, he was pretty amazing. In both finals, he was pretty fucking good. And in different circumstances, he could have won finals MVP in one of those years, and they could have split them, and he should have won in 2015. But I do think it's a bit like Shaq and Kobe, where people are going to look back and say, like, no, they're Durant's championships, no, they're Steph's championships, or x y like those type of arguments the same with like Shaq and kobe where they're like look kobe wouldn't win championship without Shaq, or Shaq wouldn't win championships without kobe and the reality is they needed each other durant and steph needed each other but for a lot of people who are going to want to denigrate the other like because steph as steph reaches higher in the pyramid in you know bill simmons pyramid and my top 500 and espn rankings whatever whatever as he reaches higher he threatens more player, more people's favorite player. He threatens Hakeem or Dr. J or, you know, Oscar Robertson, people like that who are in that kind of 15, 10 to 15 discussion or Kobe. Or And I think as that happens, more and more people are going to start to try to poke holes in his resume to make sure he falls below their favorite player. I think that's some yeah. of what's happening. Same with like LeBron and MJ. Like if there was no, if LeBron was like, he was having the career of like Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. And he's, he's probably a top five player ever, but not challenging for the goat spot. Is he as, is he as criticized as he is, or is he more celebrated as one of the greatest players ever? But because he's threatening a lot of people's favorite player, he is picked apart. And I think some of that is going to happen with Steph as he rises up the ladder. I do. I know it's a conversation for another day, but I, I do wonder about his ceiling on the ladder just because look, I mean, he's only at about 17,000 career points right now. Um, what's he really going to end up with? Say he only ends up with um, 22,000 or something like, can he really be like a top 10 player of all time? Like how many, how many championships would he need to win? I just, I wonder about that with him, but that's, that's probably a topic for another day. Um, I think we lost Steve. I'm hoping he just jumps back in. I don't want to lose the whole thing by trying to sign back out, but it says he's offline. So Shit. I think we lost him for for the time being. Um, oh. Hopefully, hopefully he finds his way back. But we're we're probably in our last ten minutes or yeah, so yeah. here anyway. But That's... I think we I know we wanted to talk a little bit about guys that can be mm-hmm. um, the best player on a championship team, maybe like in the current NBA. And 
And one thing with Steph that the thought I had was like, okay, so he was certainly the clear far and away best player on the 2015 championship warriors. But looking back and I know like this was, you know, you're a lot younger. You probably weren't, I don't know if you were following basketball at this time, but if you had gone back to say 2013 even and been like, do you think this guy could be the best player? If we, if we were having the conversation we're about to have now back in like 2013 and someone had asked you about Steph, like I, I would have been like, I don't think that guy can lead a team to a championship. Like, I don't no. think that guy can be your best player. If you had asked me any time before maybe 2014 uh, and lo and behold, he did like with flying colors. So I do wonder about that with guys in the NBA today. Is there anybody like that where like, if we go over this, these guys now and it's like, no, definitely not. But then like in a year or two, they do. And they have one of the greatest seasons of all time. I just think Steph is sort of like a, a good example of sometimes you don't see it coming. Yeah. Like I mean, what these guys are capable of. I do remember reading a piece that was looking at um, breaking through your ceiling and they had guys like um, Jokic, um, kind of Kawhi, I think PG, Steph, and they found that um, the most common reasons for a player to way exceed what you'd expect, like Steph, is that either, or Harden, Harden is another one where like, who could have predicted Harden would become like this juggernaut? On offense, like you could predict, yeah, he's going to become like a better version of manager. But three, three straight scoring titles, thirty-five yeah. points a game. One of the probably one of the five greatest scores in NBA history. Yeah, like, who's who? Yeah, who's predicting that when he's the sixth man in OKC? Like, no, but no, I know I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but it's it came down to kind of. I thought um, Nurkic was better than Jokic when the two of them were on Denver. And they, well, hey, man, if Nurkic was pretty damn good back then. Like yeah. their first couple seasons, they had like this timeshare where it was Nurkic and Jokic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like Nurkic better out of the two. I really did. I've always liked Nurkic a lot, and he's a very good player. But uh, you know, yes. I did not see this coming from Jokic. And I watched a lot of them because I, I liked that team a lot. And um, mm-hmm. I, I was always pushing for Nurkic to get more minutes. Um, oh, yeah, a but, healthy Nurkic yeah. and healthy McCollum, I think is one of the underrated stories of the NBA right now that Portland could be a hell of a team. Cause when Nurkic first went there, they went like 13 and two over yeah, there. He's first... really good. Yeah. He's like he's, he's, our, he's like a top when he's fully healthy, assuming like he's can get back to, or, or say pre injury Nurkic was probably like a top six center. I think yeah, in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he's really good, but he's no yeah, Jokic. He's... So that's yeah. what I was saying. It's like, I, I didn't see Jokic coming. I didn't see Harden coming. I didn't see Steph being this good. Yeah. Um, Paul George was the other one you mentioned. Like, yeah. I liked him a lot. He was one of those long athletic wings that I always kind of like. But uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't have imagined him, you know, uh, winning MVP like he did. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just kidding. As no, he yeah. would tell you. Um, as he but, would tell you. Uh, yeah, but even his, his MVP um, season. Uh, yeah. Um, but, be, be yeah. Be I, I, player. But I no. think But it came down to um, generally it was like, can their physical skills with like Kawhi and PG – it was that their physical skills translated and then they had a shot people didn't expect and they had an offensive game people didn't expect them to have, like an all-round offensive game. Or they were able to develop one that people didn't expect them to have. And with guys like Stefan Jokic, it's like they have these incredible skills, these incredible, like Jokic's passing and Steph's shooting and ball handling. And those skills translate so well that you suddenly they just transcend what you think is possible. Like if like before Jokic came along, if you'd asked me, can a center be the best passer in the league? I'd be like, fuck no. That's not it's not possible. Now I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Jokic is the best passer in the league. Yeah. And st- can a shooter 
be the best player on a championship team? I'd say probably not. But then Steph comes along and re- rewrites the rule book. And then you have guys like Harden where they literally manipulate and change the rule book. And that was the last one where you have guys like Harden and Reggie Miller to an extent, I think, is someone like that where they expanded what the rules meant. Like with Reggie, was sticking the leg out and stuff, Harden with his arm, like going up through the um, defender's arm. Wade as well, like, you know, when he's going up for jump shots and he's like, his legs and shit are all thrown all over the place. Like there's yeah. little chain, like little manipulations of the rules can give these players these huge advantages. And Man. just I'm saying this all out, you know, someone who springs to mind that we probably, if you said, ask me now, I would say no, is Trey Young. There you go. Well, you know, my mind was racing like 100 miles an hour for like the last <laughs> minute when you were talking, just trying to think of like who some of these guys could be and trying to predict them. And I almost think that should be its own episode, like trying to predict yeah. these guys that are going to break through their ceilings. Um, but yeah, Trey is well, and I think Trey's maybe a good place to start this last little bit here where could like could he be like you said, we'd probably mm-hmm. say no right now. Mm-hmm. It would be hard to say yes right now as much as I do like him. But he could be like in that Steph category where Steph was in like 2013, mm-hmm. 2014. Like mm-hmm. he's small, he doesn't play defense. He's just this kind of like we haven't really seen a player like him. Um, he's a lot mm-hmm. different than Steph, too. And I know that people like to draw that comparison, but the more I watch him, um, he's a very different player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's closer to Nash, but not he's still not the jump shooter Nash is, but he's got the green light. Nash yeah Nash. yeah 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 exactly i mean yeah he, he could be like what nash would have been in today's nba i mean i think mm-hmm. that's pretty fair to say is like if if nash was born when trey was he could easily be this player i mean trey's that almost that level of passer not quite nash but he's um he's an exceptional passer yeah, i think yeah. that's one, the most underrated part of his game and um and that's and that's something i think that's something i think got him underrated as well when he came out like I was someone who believed in his skill. I thought his skill would translate, but it was a question at the time. Like, will Trey is, he's doing all this crazy shit in college. Can he do it in the NBA? Turns out he is that skilled. And that's one of the ways you do it. And rule manipulation, like his, like, getting into the lane and then kind of stopping with a defender in jail and the defender bounces into him. You know, he's, he's tweaking the rules. He's manipulating them a little bit. And he's... Yeah, he's like getting these edges that maybe that'll end yeah. up with him being like a top five player maybe. in his prime. Maybe. Then- he's definitely not now. He wasn't even an all-star. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's phenomenal. But I think he's probably around like – like there's a few guys in that range where I'm like – I'm just going to say I think Luka definitely can be the best player on a championship oh, yeah. team. Like even right now. Like if he yeah. had if he had a little bit better of a supporting cast. Like I, I, I think he's that good. Um, I'm convinced. Yeah. Uh, I really am. So yeah. he's not even there. But then I think I think Bam is like a, an interesting one um, um, where it's kind of yeah. weird to say, but like, and I think Jimmy was, you know, you'd have to say was their best player last season, but like they oh, made the Bam. finals. But Bam so has like, a higher ceiling than Jimmy. Oh, oh, God, yeah. I think I think Bam is definitely better than Jimmy now. Um, mm. But like, you know, if I could see that, I could see Bam being the best player on a championship team. And that's kind mm. of a, kind of a weird one because he's not the typical you know superstar um he's a top 20 player i think yeah i think so yeah probably not quite a top 10 player no i don't have him really that close. right probably 
I don't know. I, I'm very, I, Bam's one of my favorite players. I probably have him 15, <laughs> 16, something like that. But uh, he could he'd be on the low end for like a best player on a championship team. Yeah. But um, he'd be somewhere in between like, you know, those top 10 and then the, the, the Pistons and the Spurs best players. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, mean, I think there's, yeah, um, yeah, um, definitely fits that because he had because who could have predicted him coming out because we knew he was a great athlete, projected oh, as a great defender. I but, did not see this coming, and I'll I'll be the first one to admit it. And because and it's funny because yeah. he's become one of my very favorite players in the NBA. Um, but I saw him at Kentucky, not a bunch. I saw a few games, and, and I heard some like chatter, Obama out of bio, and I'm like. I don't think he has that much game. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's raw. Like, I didn't know he could dribble like that. I didn't yeah. know he could pass like that. I didn't mm-hmm. know he could shoot as well as he can. He's mm-hmm. not a great shooter, but mid-range um, now. I thought he was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, I thought he was just like a dunker, rebounder, big body. Like, I don't know who to compare what I thought he was to, but 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 very raw. Not yeah. not at all what he is. So that he, I I did not see that coming. I didn't see mm-hmm. a ton of him in college, but. He really surprised me. Um, yeah, so he, he's a good example, I think. Of, yeah, of somebody who is a lot better than most people realize. He could do a lot more um, mm-hmm. than people yeah. realized. Uh, yeah, I think he's one. I think Tatum. I don't know if people. I, I certainly didn't see this with Tatum I in college. Either. I like with Tatum. I saw like you know. I, like I've said it before. I saw like what I saw the same with Kevin Knox. Honestly, with mm. Tatum, like better shooter. But, more polished, but, yeah, more, more polished. polished, yeah, definitely more polished. But like an ISO, like an ISO yeah. scorer, like a yeah. like a poor man's mellow, maybe like yeah. um, just like a heavy ISO player. And and mm-hmm. I always, I'll never forgive. Um, it was Jay Billis. I, I remember listening to him on a podcast. It might have been the Bill Simmons podcast, like right when I started listening to podcasts. And they were talking about Tatum, and he said he's not, he's probably not athletic enough to be mm-hmm. a star in the NBA. He'll be a solid player, but he just lacks this athleticism and. Having not watched him a ton in college and then hearing that, like I had sort of heading into the draft, had this picture in my head of like an unathletic player. So he really surprised me with his athleticism. I think a lot of it too was that he just didn't show it in college. Um, And also like his adaptation to the Celtics roster and learning to play off ball so well. Um, And then the defensive stuff, again, I'm with you. I didn't see this coming. Like I would have maybe said fringe all-star at best, like coming into the league, like a really nice player. I'll admit it as like a Celtics fan. I wasn't that excited when we took him. I wasn't down on the pick, but I didn't see the upside that he's already achieved. I really no, didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I thought Markel was such an obvious number one pick yeah, at the time. He was. Like, yeah. He was. And I, he was. I, I, was, I was so much higher on someone like Josh Jackson than with Jason Tatum. Wow. I was like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I was B. I was like, Josh Jackson, I thought maybe his floor was like Jimmy Butler. But turns yeah. out that pff, his floor is the fucking how low can you go? Realistically, I was a, I was a big uh, I was a big Jonathan Isaac guy. Um, I still he am. Could, but, uh, he could have been with with injuries. Yeah. I think it's kind of uh, he's gonna have a strong bounce back. He's we're we're not gonna see him until training camp. But he's uh mm-hmm. he, that's a lot of time to come back from an ACL. I think he's gonna be a hundred percent. He's only mm-hmm. still twenty four, maybe twenty five. I don't know. He's he's gonna come back yeah. strong. Um, but let's I go through some of the quick, the obvious guys here, like yep. to get back on track. Like, yep. okay, so I think we can agree on Jokic, right? Jokic, I had I so mean, I had it kind of. I had thirteen guys that by the end of the season, I have thirteen guys that by the end of the season, I could see them being top ten. You know, like we come back at the end yeah. of the year and we're like, yeah, he's a top ten player. And well, yeah, let, I me had hear, let me hear your your list. 
So my list is I kind of split it up as top five guys. I had Jokic, LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, and Steph. KD would be in there, but I have questions about health. Then the five to ten is KD, AD, Luca, Harden, and Embiid. And then I have Dame, Gobert, and Paul George. As those are the 13 guys that I think by the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked if any of them were in the top 10. That's fair. That's fair. I would have um I would have just mentioned Dame a little bit earlier. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to yeah, to me, the obvious ones would be I think Steph because he's done it, mm-hmm. LeBron because he's done it, KD because he's done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Embiid and Jokic, uh, and then then you get in for me like Luca, Dame. I think Harden can be too. Um, and then, uh, and then who else did you mention? Gobert, Paul George, Paul George. I don't know. See, that's the thing, but I, I feel like if the jazz win the title, I'm not going to, I'm going to say Gobert isn't their best player. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe that's how I'm looking at it. Like I'm going to like, I think it'll take Donovan Mitchell being better than Gobert for the jazz to win the title. I think it will definitely take either Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley being obviously top 20 players. Conley's not going to be an obviously top 20 player as much as I like him. Like, I don't, I think we've seen so far this season about as good as he can be, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, maybe top 30, top 25. Yeah. I'd say top 25. Um, I mean, we'll see experience and everything. But, but Donovan Mitchell, like, he's I a baller in the playoffs. Like, like, last year really throws the whole, the stats out of whack because it was yeah. like the greatest shooting uh, playoff run ever, yeah. seven games. But, he puts up like 27 points across like 20 playoff games. He's put up like 27 points on like really good efficiency, playing great come playoff time. So we'll see if the Utah go on a real run, he could really establish himself this year. Really I just realized could. I didn't mention Giannis, but obviously I yeah, think Giannis. Giannis can be the best player on a, on a championship yeah, yeah. team. I, went, I wanted to talk about this when Steve was here, but what do you <laughs> say, where where would you put the Bucks? Would they be like a, a class B or whatever you said, yeah, like where they I have had- a top five and a top 20? Yeah, see, I, I did this. I was going to pull this one out um, right at the end because I have that for, I think, seven Eastern teams I looked at and like seven or eight eight Western teams I looked at. I was like, right, you, using that kind of rubric I, I found going back through NBA history or the last 40 years, where do these teams kind of fit in this? And yeah, I had Milwaukee as kind of a B team. In they, they have Giannis... If they win the title, Giannis is clearly going to be a top five player. Middleton, he, he is, he yeah. is right. Like, I mean, right now, if it's hard to put him ahead of some, I don't know, but I just think he's a top five player. Yeah, I might Middleton. say that about seven guys, but Giannis is yeah, a top five player. I mean, that's the thing. It like yeah. it all depends. Like, it gets to the end of the year, if they win the title, Giannis will have had to have played like a top five player to do it. So well, that's where I, that's what I'm saying with with Donovan Mitchell as well. Is like if yeah. Utah goes on to win the title, he'll have to have played like a top 10 player. I think he'll have, he'll have a probably a strong enough playoff run for them to win a title to where when you weigh it the way that you do to come up with this, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. total picture of the season, probably top 10. Like he'd probably yeah. finish the season as a top 10 player if he has the kind of run that I think it'll take to lead them to a title. Yeah, pro- I, I, I wonder because then... That's I why I don't think Gobert to, can be their best player. I think you have to though as well. Um you trying to get me with the Gobert? I'm not going to bite. <laughs> like, I love Gobert. I love, I'm a Gobert fan now. I really am. I'm not, <laughs> not a hater anymore. But I, I do think 
because you have to kind of take in as well prior performance as well. And that's why I don't have some guys, like I draw the line at those 13 guys. When guys like Kyrie could play at a top 10 level in the playoffs, but I don't think overall I'd say he's a top 10 player. But I think if Mitchell had the kind of run where it's like he is the playoffs MVP, I think he'd be like top 15, maybe knocking on the door of top 10. Depends how guys play. Yeah, that's fair. But I think... But so, but no matter what, though, they're not going to be like an A or a B. No, they are Probably. like I. I have Utah as like D plus because they they may well like us. I, I wrote here, um, was it may well be in the perfect place if Mitchell can be a top twenty player in the playoffs if he can become a top twenty player. So he is like they are, I think, borderline contender. But if their route to contention is very much twenty fourteen Spurs. 2004 um, Pistons, 89, 90 Pistons. Yeah. That is their route to contention. Yeah. Me. They have to they have to do that, and they have to have Mitchell play exceptionally well. But they I think remind me of those teams, though. I mean, we've talked. Yeah. I think we talked about it last week. I mean, they're they're along the same lines as those teams yeah. in terms of like, you know, five really good players. Yeah, uh, like Joe Ingles is is awesome. He's <laughs> it's so weird. He keeps getting better. Like I feel I like he's better than ever, and he's. 33, unathletic, unassuming. Yeah. Uh, he's he's really something. Um, yeah, he's so smart. He's such a good Bogdanovich can really well. play too. I mean, Bogdanovich yeah. is, is right up there with him in terms of basketball IQ. And then mm-hmm. yeah, they've got they've got all the ingredients, man. Like we we yeah. I think we talked about it last week. Um yeah, they do. It just comes down some, to can they defend. So what, go, all right, the last thing I'll ask you, since you so yeah. you can go through those teams in each conference yeah. with the with the letter um yeah. let my grade yeah. So, and this kind of, this really, I think helped me to figure out, do I think these guys contenders? And some of them you might say immediately, no, I just wanted to rule them out and feel free to jump in as we go and be like, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's wrong. So um, uh, in the East, Toronto and Indiana, they don't have a top 20 player for me. That was an NA, not applicable. Um, Boston and Miami, I both had as Ds. I think with Boston, if you have a healthy Tatum and Brown, they're both probably top 20 players. But I think, and, you know, you have a healthy Smart, you have a healthy Kemba, you know, Tyson, Tristan, and all these guys are playing well. They, you know, they might have that route, that kind of D route. What's a D? Is that two two top 20s? Two top 20, like a multiple top 20s, no top five player. That's basically yeah, yeah. no top five player, but you have a squad. You have a real deep That's squad. I, I I actually consider them both top twenty players. I think right now. I do. I think yeah. I think I think they are yeah. both. I think Tatum definitely and Brown could end the year as a clear top twenty player. He's kind of dropped off. I mean, his shooting was not sustainable to start the year. I think but... their position. I think the position that they play has to play a factor too. Just like the yeah. scarcity of it around the league. Like I think that makes them more valuable. That they're both three and D wings essentially, or like two way wings, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so but okay. I think, Boston, Miami, I think the, the squads, but the, the Boston squads probably not good enough for me. And I think they might be too young. Like if Peyton Pritchard takes a jump, Romeo Langford and Robert Williams, if these guys all take little jumps, I think they could have a squad to compete. Keep an eye on Langford when he comes back. I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty good role with them. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think we haven't seen much, right? but he showed he showed some flashes late last season before the uh, hiatus. Yeah, with with Kemba having whatever's going on with Kemba's injuries, Langford's kind of what they need right now. So we'll see. He is. He's, he's exactly what they need. But yeah, we'll see. I don't want to count too much on him, but it could be fun. Um, with Miami, it's injuries. D, but injuries have derailed them. Like they have, obviously, we mentioned Butler and Bam, both top twenty players yeah. with potential. 
and they have a real good squad with Dragic, with, you know, um, if Hero can get good. Precious Achua looks like a solid rookie coming out. I don't yeah. think they're going to rally this year. I think it's probably too late for them. But the squad's probably good enough if they can get everyone healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. So it just depends. And then we get into the real contenders. Like we said with um, before, Milwaukee I have as a B team, where Giannis is top five player, Middleton top 20, Drew Holiday, if he goes on a mad playoff run, he might be knocking on, on that door as well. My issue is the squad is probably not good enough around them. They're just not deep enough. I mean, they're just, just then simple. not. When DJ Augustine is getting meaningful minutes, like Yeah, yeah, they're they're just they're just not deep enough, man. No, um and especially with like Steve was talking about how much Lopez has mm-hmm. fallen off uh compared to where he was yeah. last season and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm glad they're getting Drew back. I mean, I think we'll get a better idea of what they are, but it just it just doesn't seem yeah. deep enough. Yeah. What about okay, what about what about Philly though? They is Philly a is Philly a B? A top Philly five is a, a B. See, the problem is, my first question is, can Embiid be a top five player? Like, I, I think he's definitely top 10. Can he break into he's that? He's been a top five this season, right? Yeah, but then when once it reaches like the end of the season, is he going to have outperformed Kawhi and KD and LeBron? And like it's hard Jokic? to get out of those guys. Yeah, like it's, it's tough. really tough. I okay. wonder if he can be that good. I think he's top 10 for sure. And then it's like, can Simmons really be a solidly a top 20 player like probably but will he do it this year and can they fit together doing it i think with his defense he can and is and will um mm-hmm. so would that be a c if it was that like a, be, if it was a top 10 and a top 20 uh no it'd still be a b because c is That's when it's just just the top five player and nothing else oh like, right 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 okay. but then but then it's like is the squad the squad might be good enough because tobias harris is fucking good and Seth, uh, healthy Seth Curry, you know all these guys they have. Um, they might be good enough, but it's kind I wish of. They had another and, guy that was kind of yeah. like Tobias, or maybe like a little more of a three than a four um, mm-hmm. that could create his own shot. Because like yeah. we saw last night, they lo- or Saturday night, I should say, they lost to the Cavs. Um, they didn't have Tobias, and they were missing him sorely. And yeah. it's like. They're they're definitely one injury away from being not that great. Whether it's Simmons, mm-hmm. whether it's Embiid, whether like we saw with Simmons last year in the playoffs, like we've seen with Embiid so many times, and like we mm-hmm. saw with Tobias last night, for instance. Uh, so yeah, one more like wing creator would be very nice for them. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get that. Um, maybe Shake Milton can. Yeah, can he guard. Be, maybe he can do with some of that. Um, I don't know. That might be asking too much of him, but I think so. Yeah. Uh, they're a contender though. They are, they are. They're, for me, them, uh, Philly and Milwaukee were in the second tier in the East. And that obviously yeah. leaves Brooklyn as the number one. What are but they? What are they? they uh... For me, they're like A slash B. It yeah. depends. Does Harden end up being a top 10 player? Because it's I like. I mean, he's yeah. James Harden. Like, he's yeah, a top 10 I mean, player. Yeah, yeah. But he then you've got like, like, what if PG explodes? Or what if Dame. There's explodes? no way. I don't. PG could, PG could average 30. I mean, there's just. I, I can't put PG. Ahead of Harden. Well, hold on. Let in me, any conversation. Let me, let me put this to you, right? I'm going to name you 11 players, and you tell me the player who's not top 10 Kawhi, Giannis, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, Durant, Anthony Davis, Luca, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Damian Lillard. That's 11 guys. One Don't of them make me do it. One of, <laughs> yeah, that's what it. I mean. One of them is not a top 10 player. 
and I think you know who I'm going to say. <laughs> I know who you're going to say. I'm not going to say it, man. I'll say, I'll say what I have to say, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but that's what I, I mean. mean. That's Eleven guys. Uh, that's, that's tough. Yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, like it's it's not Harden though. I'm not going to say anyone else, but I'm just going to say it's Harden. Harden is one of the top. Is one of the ten. He's not the one I would name. No, I think he's probably a top ten player too. But, but it comes down and to so yeah. is KD. And yeah, so KD, is KD. Yeah. And then you've got Kyrie, top 20 player, I think almost unquestionably, as long as he plays this well for the rest of the year, he'll be God, a top how many 20 teams player. Have, how many teams have been that before where it's two two top 10 and a top 20? Uh, you've got like, I don't if know. If you're calling Kyrie a top 20, how, how many teams in NBA history have been that? The, I, I mean, guess the maybe the Celtics. Um, yeah, 2008 Celtics, I would say. Um, maybe this 86 Celtics. Oh, yeah, the 86 Celtics, yeah, I would say, yeah. Um yeah, the 86 Celtics, 85 Lakers with Worthy and Kareem. I'd say Worthy yeah. was probably a top 10 player. Um, then you get like the 96, Miami? 97. Um, Miami, I wouldn't say Bosch was top 20, honestly. I think Bosch, yeah. close, but I wouldn't he say. He was so. before he got there, but maybe yeah. just with his lower usage. and Yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah, he's not, yeah. But then uh, 96, 97 Bulls, Jordan and Pippen, I think both top 10, Rodman top 20, because Rodman yeah, was such a monster. He's such yeah, a he's got to be. I'd have to look at the league, but I, yeah. I think, I think he was top twenty. And I then, think you're right. And then, obviously, you got the um, the Warriors, where the Warriors they had was... four top twenty players. When it came down to it, for me, like 2017, 2018, I reckon they had four top twenty players, which is obviously <sighs> definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously, Steph, KD, and Draymond, and yeah. then I guess Clay too. So I they might have been that might have been the most stacked team of all time. Oh yeah, I think so. I think pretty pretty safely the nets are kind of like a step below them yeah though. but in I terms of just think, i do think the squads the squads probably given that now like we're seeing with guys like bruce brown the the talent of harden and Kyrie, even without kd there is like giving them so much space to work with like bruce brown is just like playing their center position and yeah. he is just you know he's just rolling and there's no one around him because you know you've got a, you've got a man up on Harden and Kyrie, and then Joe Harris obviously he's shooting like fifty percent from three, yeah, and that's it's he's probably going to shoot like forty eight percent for the season because he's getting oh, yeah. so many wide open looks, wide open, and then you got just guys like like DeAndre and Claxton who's back yeah. now, um, yeah, he's looking really that nice. just rolling rolling to yeah. the rim and uh, yeah, yeah it, they're they're wild. I feel like I've never seen a team like them because even though the Warriors. We're loaded like that. I feel like, I feel like Kyrie is like higher profile than Draymond and Clay in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like he feels more like a star, even if he's yeah. not better than those guys were. Like, um, so in that sense of having like three superstars, yeah. Put it that way. Like they have yeah, three Kyrie. superstars. Yeah. I don't know that I would have called Clay a superstar back then. Just be, not because he wasn't that good, but just because of like sort of the nature of his game. He was him and Draymond were just like superstar role players. Mm-hmm. But like Kyrie's an, a superstar. Yeah. Um, like, like just his the way we look at him. Like Yeah. If you wanted if I had to really get granular in, you know, how much they impact the game, it would be really tough for me to split between, you know, Draymond and Clay and Kyrie because of how differently they do it. But Kyrie, his ability to go off the dribble, his shooting is like I've harped on it. It's really underrated. He's one of the All right, so we're going to have to cut it short right there. We ran into some major technical difficulties. Um, As we had talked about earlier in the pod, uh, we had been attempting to do like a video podcast for the first time, 
And like I said, we ran into some trouble doing that. Um, I'm not sure if all the video is lost. There may be some that we can salvage and, and put together a couple of clips. That's the hope. Uh, if I can do that, those will probably be dropping uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. But it looks like for now, we've just got the audio. And we were getting pretty close to wrapping up anyway uh, when it just cut us off and we figured it was best to just call it there. Uh, anyway, sorry about the technical difficulties. Hopefully we'll have better luck next time. And thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate the support. Have a good one. Peace.